Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Join us over the next 60 minutes as we recap last week's matchups, preview the upcoming games, make predictions, and much more. Here's your host. Welcome inside Conference USA. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, and the birthday boy, Ben Cower. I didn't know it was his birthday until I walked into the uh, well, studio you. here, and Justin's like, hey, did you know it's Ben's birthday? I'm like, no. Ben didn't tell me it was his birthday, so Ben's dancing back there behind the glass for us. Ben, any remarks before we get oh, started yes. here on your birthday? 20? I'm having a happy birthday. 20? It's okay. Uh, I have a, I had an exam today. I thought it went pretty good, uh, but I'm excited to be here on the show, and uh, I haven't had any cake yet. Oh, dear. No cake yet. I'm a little hungry. You should have talked. Did you get any bonus birthday bonus points? Not that I know of. Okay. No. I didn't know if you could inquire about that for the exam. I don't know who the exam you were taking it was for. Well, I can't clarify that on air. <laughs> I know he's listening right now. <laughs> yeah, but I, just didn't, I just didn't know if you inquired about birthday bonus no, no. Because I'm not going to take any handouts. Could be a thing, but 20 years of age. I uh, yeah. Nice, nice. 20 You're years, two decades on this earth. There you go. There you go. All Old. Right. M- Bob's going to probably call you tonight. Well, I hope so. <laughs> if he's called him before already, Justin. <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity to talk to her yet today. Yeah. I texted with her, but I, I hope okay. to talk to her tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get inside. Yep, okay, yep. all right, Suse. all right. We've got a lot to talk about. Yes, Week we 11, there were seven games played. There's 14 teams in the conference. They were all conference games. Do the math. Seven times two, 14 games. There were seven games on the slate. Justin, let's start with the Western Kentucky victory over Rice. 42-21. to It was a dominant first half from the Hilltoppers. Went up 28 nothing at the half, and... Tell me if you've heard this one before. Bailey Zappi having a good offensive performance to lead these Hilltoppers to another victory. Well, it's very it's very good for Western Kentucky. You know, we're going to talk about Marshall losing. You know, now Western Kentucky's in, in the catbird seat to win the division. And so now, you know, it, the division's not – it's not like handed to them yet, but they still – they the chance to win the division's now easier. You know, you just got to win out. The division's yours. So – this is a, a monumental one. It, look, and, and even if they won this game and Marshall won, they were still kind. Of, they were second, but now they're first in the division. They have a chance to win the conference. So you know, monumental win for the Hilltoppers, and this could really move them forward. And Billy Zappi, another phenomenal performance. He's going to continue that for the remainder of the year, and I think he's going to. Don't be surprised, Andrew, if he wins a conference player of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the front runner. For, I would be shocked if he did. The only way he doesn't is if his teammate, Jareth Stearns, who's having a phenomenal year, phenomenal year on the outside, would win it, too. And, again, another opportunity. The Rice defense plays really well, holds this Rice team to 21 points, forces five turnovers. Western did turn the football over four times, so that's an alarming number, I think, there. But to force four five more turnovers against this Owls offense was big. And you talked about Western still having things in front of them. When we get to Marshall, the Herd still has uh, things in front of them as well. Well, it's the same. It's really similar paths. Western has to play FAU and Marshall. Marshall's got Charlotte and Western Kentucky. Whoever wins out wins the Conference USA East Division. We'll we'll touch on more of the standings and how everything shakes but out I'm there. Though, but, but I'm saying if Marshall loses, in the hypothetical Marshall same loses. Same with Western. If Western loses yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a game this week, it puts them in a, a situation winner goes home against the Marshall. I was just trying to play a that I was just playing We'll, we'll dive into that because yeah. the conference's East Division is a mess. It is a mess to talk about. But, okay, we'll move on. UTSA, well, it's a mess for the teams. It's fun for us. Yes, yes. It's, it's a mess to talk about, though, because it, the, uh, there's so many different scenarios. UTSA ranked US, UTSA. What, did they move up last night? UTSA from 23? I did not. They I'm moved looking. up a point, a point to, 22. to 22. They moved yeah. up, yeah, 22. Okay. I didn't he- so see much not about much. it, but it's still in the rankings. 22, 10-0 after a tight victory over 1-9 Southern Miss. Now UTSA is 10-0. It wasn't pretty scoreless after the first quarter. Tied at halftime. Tied after the third quarter. Luckily, UTSA gets 10 points in the fourth quarter, a field goal at the four-and-a-half-minute mark, and then after a Southern Miss turnover, Sincere McCormick nine-yard touchdown run puts the finishing touches on the Roadrunners' victory over Southern Miss. So it was not pretty, but nearly the Roadrunners went down here, Justin, against the Southern Miss team that has struggled. And I tell you what, 
they did not have a quarterback play. It was Frank Gore Jr. who oh led dear. the team in passing yards. <laughs> 33 passing yards for the star running back. He was everything on the offensive end. And How about that? Southern misses game plan work. They run the football and, and occasionally mixed in the pass with the running back, and it worked. And it threw UTSA off in this football game, but Roadrunners ultimately do enough. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I, Frank Gore Jr., have you ever heard that, Ben? The running back was the leading pass passer on a team? I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, No. 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 I mean, I know, I, I've never heard of that I, I, before. We've talked about it so many times, though. The, but that's the how desperate attacks, now they're getting, well, though. But Th- that's about, desperate. It worked. Their offensive scheme worked. I, I this don't was know a better, it worked, but they lost. But well, Maybe they should they just lost, run this, this every UTSA. year. This was UTSA. This is the best team in Conference USA listen, this whole entire season, and you been, took them wire to wire. Listen, they've been funnel, they've been fundamentally broken all year long. Why don't they just keep doing what they did versus UTSA? This was the second most points they put up this season. Keep this game playing. So keep keep exactly if you keep if you doing can, it. if you can't get a healthy quarterback out there that's going to have success, run the football and, they you, almost, and it worked. They almost beat the best team in the conference, yeah. yep. a ranked yep. team with at this wacky, crazy. Place. If they beat them, I Will Hall deserves a pay raise. But, I mean, it worked. But let me go to third downs because we're going to talk about this a lot. We're going to have one more game where we're going to talk about third downs tonight, Andrew. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's good for me, Andrew, not to spend a whole night on third downs. One for 12 with Southern Miss. You talk about the wacky scheme. I mean, if it worked, congratulations. It worked. But to me, that, that, to me, that was like throwing – Darts at a wall and see and saw and, and you were hoping like oh is this gonna work well it, it it did but you also have they also went to their fourth quarterback of the year Willis he goes two for four they're like okay that didn't work let's go to Frank Gore Jr. He's at a receiver. This, yeah, oh he's a receiver all right I thought he was <laughs> yeah, a quarterback at this. They've point. had like four or five I, different quarterbacks <laughs> go in there and it just not has has just not worked. I, I mean, Antavius not, Willis is a wide receiver. <laughs> so. All right well apparently that's working but, so. Will Hall, you found your answer. Just use your players. Just, just use your. Uh... At this point in the season, oh, it's, it's what gone. is Southern Miss playing for? They're Nothing. not really playing for anything, Nothing. so they're trying to spoil another team's season. And Will Hall understanding, and he's got to keep his guys buying into the culture. He's got to keep well, his I think guys already coming out to the. Well, no, wait, wait, it's his wait, first year. Wait till the transfer portal when you comes have in, when you well when you have a scholarship players on your roster, you're expecting to go win every week. When you're the head coach of the football team, you can't just say, "Okay, we don't, we can't, we're not bowl eligible. Our season's over. Let's just." We'll come to practice, but who cares what happens anymore? He's got to keep his guys locked in week to week, no matter what's happening. And he went into the practice sessions this week, heading into the UTSA matchup, trying to figure out, okay, how can we upset UTSA? And I love what Will Hall did here. He's getting desperate. That's what it is. Well, it's, it's not desperation. It's what you had to do. This was the only chance Southern Miss had to win this football game is if you controlled the football, you run, you ran the football a lot, and you held on to the football and kept UTSA's offense off the field. This was the only way Southern Miss was going to keep this game close, and that's why it showed. And the 17 points, there's a reason. It was the second most they've scored this season. You had to game plan some way, and what Southern Miss really did, took a book, a, took, took a page out of Rice's book. Rice loves to run the football, keep you off the field, similar to what UAB did against Marshall. We'll talk about that a little bit here coming up. Keep the opposing offense off the field and just wear the opponent down. Southern Miss tried to do it, and they did it well at some points. Just didn't have enough left in the gas, and ultimately UTSA obviously was the better team in this football game. But as a head coach, when you're 1-8, and eight, you have to find a way to keep your guys invested. And if you get a game plan like this and it works – Guys are like, okay, we're you know we we like what we got here because we've got a head coach that's invested in us no matter what's going on in our situation here because they have had a rough situation at quarterback this season that we obviously know the talent has not been there the past couple of seasons. I I like what Will Hall did in this week because they easily could have lost fifty six to nothing, right? And just what done you all thought it was, was going to be, yeah. And we could have just yeah. been Jake Lang or whoever out there throwing the football and it just not working as it's done in the past few weeks. I love this performance from Southern Miss. Despite the loss, this shows a lot about what Will Hall is trying to build there. All right, let's go to uh, Charlotte and Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech, they they, they end their five-game losing streak. They beat Charlotte 42-32. Charlotte really needed this win in this game, Andrew. We were talking, ben and I were talking about last week. They needed this win with the loss. They're, they're practically out of the East Division now. It's really a two-team race. Yeah, sure, I definitely needed this one. But, again, we have talked about this with the 49ers. They have struggled to play on the road. They have not been a good team 
on the road in Louisiana Tech is starting to figure things out on offense. This is back-to-back weeks where this team's put up 30 points or more, 38 last week in the loss to UAB. And then this past week, the thir- the 42 points here against a good Charlotte defense uh, in this football game. So, And Aaron Allen was the quarterback. He gets his first start of the season and plays really well. Two touchdowns. He's been with the program and Skip Holt for a while and had a really good day. How about Marcus Williams, Jr., the transfer from App State? We thought he would be a big name in the conference this year. Has kind of flown under the radar because of all the talent, but he had a great week, 131 and four touchdowns. So La Tech figuring things out here down the stretch uh, and playing spoiler to Charlotte, a team that still had an outside shot heading into the week. Now they're behind done. the eight ball, behind the eight ball. Not done, though. Not done, though, because that's They're in a miracle, though. So can Middle and Old Dominion. Yeah. It, it's a log jam. We'll get to it more. But yeah. this was definitely a tough one for Charlotte. But when you go down early like this, it forces you to throw the football more. And when Charlotte is throwing the ball 40-plus times, it's probably not winning many games. Yeah, I think that's the frustration. You look at their pass yards, guys. It's 448 passing yards. That's good. That's, that's a good number. I mean, that's it, NFL passing yards right there in college. Yeah. And if you, if you have a good aerial attack, about 442. And I, Andrew, I don't, I'm not disagreeing that it's not good. I think it's a great number. Oh, but. yeah. But you should be able to win the game. Aaron Allen, I think he has a good start. I think he's the starter for now, at least until someone goes and knocks the job off. But I'll talk about Marcus Williams Jr. I kind of thought he was going to have a better year. This was kind of his breakout performance. I don't know how many years of eligibility he has left. But if he comes back next year, I think he's now going to be used to – He's a senior. Okay. This was, his, this was his fifth year. I think this was his COVID year. Well – But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you – Four times – I mean, look, he had a good, good performance, but, you know, you're, you're – you think for La Tech, he, he's kind of coming on late, and that I mean that's just unfortunate. I think he was a good player, and he had, he had the potential to be a great player, but that just doesn't work out. All right, let's get to the uh, what route do we want to go? Let's go. Let's go right. to the blowout. Yeah, let's go to the blowout, and let's get into uh, we'll, we'll get into the middle of the show, the the new conference USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll hit on this kind of in this section. Middle's big victory over FIU, fifty to ten. Uh, then we'll get to the news about the firing yeah. in the middle. Uh, Middle Tennessee decided to bring the hammer to Miami. Well, actually brought, brought the hammer to their own place at FIU. And the end of the Butch Davis era waltzed out of there with a 40-point 40 40 loss, 50-10. Bordenschlager did not Bordenschling it. He went 9 for 20, 68 yards and two picks. Nick Vitalo goes 20 for 24, 147, two touchdowns for the Blue Raiders. Andrew, your thoughts on this? Because, well, obviously FIU's administration has thoughts on this, and so that end of the butch, which we'll talk about in the middle section of our show. But overall thoughts, of the, overall thoughts on the game. Yeah, Middle Tennessee State continues to play some pretty good football here down the stretch. Took advantage of an FIU team that has struggled this season, and with Devontae Price not playing in this football game, that's been FIU's best offense is running the football and then big plays downfield. So without one of your two big components of the offense playing, FIU was already going to be – uh, behind and sluggish from the start. And then, as you mentioned, obviously, Justin Bortenschlager did not throw the football well in this football game. Didn't even get 10 completions. Which uh, is embarrassing. He it, goes well, 9 yeah. for 20, 68 yards. That's about Pee Wee football yeah, yardage. Quarterback completion. rating 1.7. But Middle Tennessee State did a fabulous job. A bunch of different guys took a handoff as a team 260 rushing yards, three touchdowns. The quarterback. Matiato, 20 of 24, 147, and two touchdowns. Did what he had to do to put his guys in good position to win the football game. Middle took care of it, um, and FIU didn't. FIU had four turnovers. Middle had none. This was a complete performance for Middle Tennessee State. Obviously, against a struggling FIU team, to be expected, but uh, 50 to 10 is obviously a, a large loss. And we'll just get into the news now about sure, FIU because we don't want to spend too much time in the middle of the show. We want to spend more of that, about, I think, about conference and the standings here. Sure. Um, but FIU, did, Butch Davis is out. Um, he will not be returning after the end of this season. And so now FIU is going to have to look to go a different direction there with its program. But, yeah, obviously after the, a loss like that, um, Well, I think it was coming. Time. I mean, I said at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it was – that, that this day was coming. He was going to need to get FIU bowl eligible. All right, Ben wants to play the, the clip from the beginning of the year when I act, alluded that's to this. Here. Yeah, and I think Butch Davis is a, the other coach in this conference that's on the hot seat at the moment. I think FIU's really not had much success. That was it from August 24th. Well, there you go. Was the Justin called it. I, I, but here's what I did not call. Brett McMurphy has a piece with Butch. 
And oh boy, that was an interesting read. There was a lot of revelations in that piece. And two of them to highlight. Um, uniforms nine years old. Nine-year-old uniform. Yeah, nine nine uh, years old. Recruiting things in where they weren't able to go out and recruit in certain situations. What was it, the deal with Mississippi State again? Yeah, the, I, 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 didn't re- I didn't see the Mississippi State. I, I, we can talk about I don't. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. Is this him airing out his dirty laundry? Or is this like the actual... I'm not doubting the story. I believe there's stuff going on. I just don't. I don't. I don't agree with the timing. I, I got the note about Mississippi State. They had to use Mississippi State's old shoulder pads because of no money in the program. They've had to there use Mississippi right, State's old shoulder pads to continue to uh, be able to supply those. Well, the, I mean, other, the other point I wanted to make was this. Remember, we, remember I talked about the portal. I said, "Oh, that's a little suspicious." If you're their candidate in that portal right now. Are you eager? If I were that kid, I'd be getting my name out. You'd be out if I, you're an FIU player. You just want to transfer. No, I'm saying if I was in, if I was a candidate in the portal, like their coach, remember the coaching portal we talked about. I don't want to go down there if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a prospective head coaching candidate and all this stuff's coming out. I want out of the portal. Yeah, because the program is job. a mess. It's a mess right now. Here's just a couple of notes about uh, from the article. Um, so when Davis arrived in 2017, that was his first year with the, with the Panthers, he found out all the shoulder pads were at least 10 years old. The school wouldn't provide the money to purchase new shoulder pads, but an assistant coach had a contact at Mississippi State who would, apply, who would, who would supply them with uh, shoulder pads. The past two years, his coaching staff was not able to go on the road to recruit because of the school's that's financials a reasons. That, that's a major problem right there. And also, he was not allowed to offer more multi multi-year deals to his assistants he could only offer one-year deals so hampering that hampered his ability to be able to hire quality coaching coaches because they could get multi-year deals somewhere else one other note and this is a quote from him this year has been a nightmare you can't ima- you can imagine the player's reaction when a head coach's job was posted online the administration has been sabotaging our program bold words i mean it's it's incredibly a couple bold. other notes i just want to mention here real quick out of 85 scholarship players on this year's team 21 have suffered season-ending injuries or left the team for various reasons, including 13 starters. FIU this past week only had 50 players available, 20 of which were walk-ons. So, let me say uh, brutal. Let me say this: there needs to be an investigation into this program. This is a, this is ridiculous. You're hearing all this stuff coming out. There, there needs to be. I, I'm sorry, but there needs to be an injury. There needs to be some sort of investigation looking into this. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what to think of it honestly, because this is all Butch Davis's comments on it. There well, isn't the university really hasn't released a statement yet. I mean, what's Butch's incentive to lie? I mean, the guy's yeah, been with numerous. I mean, that's what I'm saying is that he's I been with numerous NFL programs. Assistant you know. coaches may would come may come out and support the follow up and be like, yeah, you know, blah blah blah, or uh, the situation, and even the players. The players have well, their own voice even more now in the college world. So that you think maybe. Even more of the prominent ones like James Morgan, the FIU quarterback the past couple of years, he's in the NFL now, could have a say in, like, yeah, like I tell you what, it was bad what our situation was there. Uh, he left in 2019, so he was there in the back end of the – or the beginning of the Butch Davis era. But that's the only thing that concerns me. Again, I don't know what, make, don't find what the, is made you, of this. You don't find um, the recruiting concerning? I find that concerning. That's, that, that's financial yeah, I mean, things, though. Well, no, they were cutting down that bad. So they were already cutting financially because of the coaching staff. They cut even more because of recruiting. They were just well. You, recruiting is the lifeblood of your program. If you can't go out and recruit, it just shows that's they a they weren't putting football no, first. They weren't. they weren't putting football first. All right, enough on FIU. Could spend a whole hour probably talking about the Panthers, uh, but Old Dominion takes down FAU. This was a well, shocker. I'm sure we'll talk about the Panthers when they hire the new coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, uh, but Old Dominion takes down FAU 30 to 16. How about this win for the Monarchs? Starting to figure things out. Uh, here since uh, for the first time playing in a couple of years here in 2021. The team is coming on here late in the season, 30-16 to 16 over FAU. Two safeties for Old Dominion in this football game, by the way. It was 3-2 to two at the end of the first quarter, and then uh, about halfway or about the four-minute mark in the second quarter, Old Dominion led 4-3. to three. This is not Gee. soccer. This was not basketball. This was football. It was 4-3. to three. The halftime score I remember a was 11-3. to three. There was a high school game in Maryland a couple of years ago. The final score was actually my high school. It was like 4-2. to two. Well, That was the final score of the game. Well, well, 
You you said you didn't go to high school football games. I saw it in the news. Okay, okay. Um, I uh, I saw a football game that ended with a decimal point before. <laughs> no way. That's a lie. I'm decided this was a blatant lie. But so yeah, this was a crazy game. Two safeties for Old Dominion in this football game. They find a way to get it done and win thirty to sixteen. Spoilers. Get, your thought here. Yeah, they they they, they spoiled the party for FAU. Florida Atlantic needed this win to get in not to get in better position for the conference championship. So I think now you have FAU done, you have Charlotte. I'll say done. I, you know, I think that you know there, there's gonna be a little miracle help. But we talked about Old Dominion having a lot of grit. They're showing it late. Like they're starting to build the identity. And I think at the beginning of the season, by November, I think this is what we were expecting them to compete in games, them to win games. So this is not surprising because I think this is the, the right timeline. And how about this, Andrew? They win their next two games. Oh, I they could they could pull off yep. the miracle of the century. They can be going bowling after not playing last year. Now, does that mean it's going to happen? You know, look at the next last two. It's Middle Tennessee could get a win this week, and Charlotte on the road. So it could be by by uh, by Christmas time we could be seeing them going to the Bahamas and rewarding So Ricky Ron he's done a tremendous job with this program. This is a statement win for this team. I think every win that that they've every game that they've won this year has been a statement win. But, you know, this is good, especially taking on a team that's going to be leaving conferences. Yep. Uh, you know what? One thing if uh, concerning FAU, at the beginning of the season, if, if I told you that FAU and Middle Tennessee were going to have the same record right now, would you believe me? No. Justin wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> yeah, I said Middle Tennessee. Because he thought Middle would get two wins. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe you either. I mean, they're both 5-5. Five five. I would that's, that's have thought FAU would have about 7-8 wins at this point. 6-7-8 mm-hmm. wins. And yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody still, and saw still, I think, saving his job, because uh, you know there was an article out by our, by Pete Thamel. Now he's left the conference realignment thing. He had to find something new to talk about. It, was, it became coaching changes, and there was a list yesterday, and they said, "Oh, Stock still," and they said, "Oh, Stock still has a good rest of the season. He could save his job." I think he saved it. So, this FAU team is, is really concerned. Has been. Uh, yeah, there's, there's concerns. Well, not concerned, but it just confuses me because sometimes they'll put up some really good performances, like blow out Charlotte, um, you blew out, you, or you beat UTEP pretty handily and, and survived a late comeback. Then these past two weeks just have not put things together offensively. 13 against the Herd, 16 against this Old Dominion defense that, quite frankly, on paper has not been really that good this season. It's been giving up 30-plus points a game. Um, throughout the year so this was a little concerning to see FAU lose this football game and offensively they just have not been the same team I thought Nikosi Perry was had changed the culture there he's had a fine season but the guys around him on the outside especially the well, Marshall they're not game change quarterbacks. Drop, I didn't say they're gonna change quarterbacks but the guys around him have not really been up to speed with his abilities there was several big plays in the Marshall game where he hit the deep ball and the guys yeah. dropped it like he just has not well, had that's playmakers. a communication issue that and they, he put it on the point. He put it on him. It was Lejante Wester dropped one that was wide open in the end zone against the herd, and right. they were trying to come back. That was so, late in the game. And his numbers are fine this season: seventeen touchdowns, four picks, and he's run the football effectively when he's needed to throughout games as well. So this this offense around him has just struggled. And FAU's again another team kind of in the Charlotte position needing help in the past couple of weeks. Gonna rematch. Need lot, yeah, going to need a lot of help. Rematch of the conference tw- championship game in 2020. UAB, again, takes down the herd in Huntington 21-14, to 14, a 14-point first quarter, and then a drive in the fourth quarter. This was the best drive. UAB had three touchdown drives, but the best drive of the game did not result in points. It was a 16-play, 42-yard drive that took up 10 minutes of the fourth yeah. quarter clock. UAB execute the game plan they know how to do it keep the opposing offense off the field run the football down your throat and move the chains three plays at a time UAB did that in the fourth quarter and Marshall really offensively couldn't get a rhythm and didn't make the most of offensive possessions again same story as as last year the offense got off to a slow start when it got going UAB settled in offensively kept it at pace and then kept the herd off the field UAB had a had a navy drive as well correct yeah they did correct well, I was field level for this game. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I, I didn't realize how good Hopkins was as a quarterback. He, I sat there on the field, I was watching him, very mobile. He's very elusive, very elusive threat for teams. I think Marshall's defense struggled, but this was, I think, a very interesting game. I think 
when you talk about UAB, Ben, Ben, and I, were, Andrew, was, I think you were down getting food when this happened. I don't know if you were. UAB had a little. UAB d- d- decided they wanted to declare their dominance. They had a little prayer circle on midfield. I don't know if that means declare dominance. But I, I mean, one before the game. The thing that we were we were just finding interest in is that they uh, in pregame. I mean, they marshaled a bunch of players out on their half of the field, but UAB was just plotted right across the logo in in warmups. Uh, you know, albeit it's before the game, but. You know, it's the 75 game. You know, it's a big day for Marshall. It's arguably the biggest day of the program every single year. You know, one of the one, probably the biggest game, regular season game, and you're letting the other team waltz across your logo. Oh, they won't at, at midfield, they, they and there's no fire there. There was no animosity. Yeah. There was no. The only thing I'll respond to that with is that. Marshall didn't really have many players out on the field. I think they had a backup punt returner fielding punts from they, the punter. They, like, they had guys out there. That they had, they had, but there wasn't the whole team or so guys. The whole out there team wasn't out there no. warming up. It was just a few guys kicking the ball around. And I know, it was but well before, so I, that's that's the only reason I didn't take much into it. Because like, if Grant Wells is swinging it around trying to throw work on his deep ball or something, maybe. But I mean, it's but like there wasn't enough players out there. You're you're playing the team that that beat you in, in the big game last year. It's the '75 game. Yeah, I, I personally I wouldn't let anybody stand on my logo. Yeah, I agree. At, at half field on that day on that game. Let me get to third downs in this game. This is what I think killed Marshall to, on, on Saturday. One for twelve on third downs. A lot of those were third and longs. Oh, let's just be honest. A lot of those were third and longs. A couple third and shorts. You talk about a team that wants to win the conference championship. You're playing a championship-caliber team. You could see UAB again if UTSA slips up. You you just simply you, you simply could. One for twelve on third downs is a problem. You're not going to win games that way. I'm sorry. Like it, 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 if you're Southern Miss, the reason why I didn't preach harp on it with Southern Miss was okay. They're not really in the championship picture. They're still building it. But Marshall's a championship team. They can't get. They had ten percent their down conversions. That's a problem. That, that 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 is a problem. I, 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 you can't. You're not going to win big games if you can't convert third down. You're not going to win big games if you don't do that and you don't run the football. Well, and the running attack. Well, the running attack got got Mar- stopped for the first time. Sixteen carries, forty-one yards for Molly. You, well, and I think they got stopped for the. How about time of possession? Thirty-seven forty-three for UAB. Yep. Twenty-two seventeen for Marshall. Very similar to last year. UAB, again, they, they are good at what they do, and that's executing game plans to beat good opposing offenses. They're a good football team, and they're and, and UAB, coached very well. And these two could see each other again. They very well could. Not here, though. Not in Huntington. It'd be in, in Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. And UAB has not been good at home this year. So, One final game here at the top of the hour before we take a quick break. North Texas and UTEP. North Texas gets to 20-17 to victory. UTEP has fallen back a little bit and falls in this contest by three points. The Mean Green with another victory to keep the bowl eligibility season alive. Three in a row for the Mean Green over Rice, Southern Miss, and now UTEP and gets FIU this week. But a good win for North Texas. Ani throws the football well in the mine, and the uh, Mean Green survive at home with a late field goal by Ethan Mooney with seven seconds left to get the victory. I want to figure out what's going on at UTEP. You, you lost to UTSA. I get it. It's an embarrassing loss. The next week, psychologically, you should come out more motivated. This was a close game. I get that. But let, let, let me go back to my second favorite set. I haven't gotten to talk about penalties a lot this year. I, maybe I should talk, spend more time on penalties. 7 for 54, North Texas at 2 for 20. Okay, that's a problem. You're going to have penalties, but... North Texas, when they played Marshall, they had 17 penalties. North Texas has cleaned up the discipline. I give you credit there, Seth Luttrell and, and your coaching staff. But 7 for 54 is a problem. They, UTEP, I think they, they got to have a players-only meeting. they got to have a players-only meeting and say, listen, guys, we're out of the conference championship, but we can still achieve. But we're going bowling. But if we want to make this season – the best season that UTEP's ever had and win a bowl game, we got to get motivated. Our, we, we know our chances are done. This was a close game, but you have to you have to be motivated to finish the game. Now, they didn't do that here. Well, any any game where you have 
over triple the penalties of your opponent. That's a pro- you're gonna lose. That's, I mean, that's a that's a massive detriment. I think North Texas is a fine football team. Oh, they're too. great. I, I, UTEP's fine, and they got off to a really good start. And I didn't think they were ever the best team in the conference. No, I, worthy. They were always the third best team in the conference. But I think. But I think they had a chance on the road. Yeah, they always they, had a chance. Yeah, Everybody has a chance. Well, near the end with the. Like, uh, in November, they had a chance. I think now those guys are depressed that they're not going to reach their goal, which could have been a little far. far they back. haven't been in a situation like this many years. Right. So when you get off to the good start, then you lose. It sends your morale down a little bit, and then it's hard gotta, to get back to you it. You got that players only meeting. Mind, keep gotta, in mind, you had to go on the road to North yeah. Texas. North Texas is playing really good football, so to have to go to their place, winners of back-to-back football games, they're trying to keep bowl eligibility alive. Not going to be easy, and obviously. It proved to be that way. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, talk about the standings, a little bit of basketball real quick, and then preview week 12 of the Conference USA football season next on Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Award-winning coverage lives right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP Ravenswood, West Virginia. Hi, this is Terrence Howard. My mother was the cornerstone of our family. She shaped me as an actor a musician, as a human being. So when she was diagnosed with colon cancer, it was like our whole family got cancer. And she died when she was only 56, so this is personal. Now hopefully my heartbreak is your wake-up call. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cancer killer, but you can prevent this disease. Screening finds precancerous polyps so that they can be removed before they turn into cancer. I've been screened. If you think that you're at an increased risk like I am, ask your doctor when to start screening. And if you're 50 or older, get screened. I don't have my mother anymore. So please, do everything that you can to stay around for yourself and for your family. Screening saves lives. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, this is former Herd tight end Ryan Yurichek, and you're listening to the worldwide leader in martial athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Back inside Conference USA, Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, Ben Cower with you here on the program. Run through some basketball notes here in the standings. Four teams, or excuse me, three, yeah, four teams total, three in the East, left undefeated in this young college basketball season here in Conference USA. Charlotte's 2-0, Middle Tennessee State is 3-0. Marshall 2-0, and the UAB Blazers in the West Division, the only team left undefeated at the moment. UTSA is actually the only game in action, and they're losing to IUPUI right now, 24-20. That game's in progress. But just a week to go back through. We won't give too much of our thoughts, but just a couple of notes. Minnesota beat Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky played in the Asheville Championship this past weekend and went... 0-2, 0-2, lost to South Carolina by 11, and Minnesota by 4, and that, and that was a pretty good game. I watched a little bit of it. Rice lost a ranked Houston team. Um, Old Dominion lost to James Madison. Future uh, Sunbelt opponents. Yep, They've yep. been rivals for many years, and now they're going to they're gonna be back in the Sunbelt together. TCU beat Southern Miss by 30, and Miami was taken to the wire by FAU last night on CBS Sports Network. FAU falls at home by just two points, 68-66. to 66. And then Middle Tennessee State, who was actually not favored to beat Winthrop, took them down at home by 11 points. So uh, just general thoughts there on college basketball so far. We won't spend, again, too much time on it here in November, but uh, it's getting underway here, and some teams are getting a lot of quality opponents. Yeah, in. I-, I was very surprised about FAU taking Miami to the wire. You know, normally an ACC opponent against a, a, a group of five opponent, you might not. That game is normally not going to be the greatest game. It was a good game last night, and I think FAU got tested there. Western Kentucky, though, has been really surprising to me. You know, I think you talked about Western last year; they were a very good team, trying to find their identity. They haven't gotten off to the best of starts. Again, it's early. Uh, talk about the undefeated teams. I think Middle's been surprising so far. Yeah. You know, we talked last year about how Middle Tennessee—they barely had any team identity and. You know, so so far off to a good start. We'll see how that goes throughout the year. But Marshall, I think, off to a decent start. That they played Milligan. Marshall gets a tough test tomorrow night against Campbell. Yeah. And the the toughness of that schedule is about to come up. And other than that, uh, don't really have that much on on the basketball side because I think you kind of look at it. You're kind of still in the first couple of weeks. You're still trying to see how yeah. lineups form and 
I think by I think after Thanksgiving we'll start getting a sense of how these teams really are. All right, conference standings talk, and we'll, I'll just quickly mention the West. We won't, we're not, we're going to talk mainly about the East because the West it's UTSA UAB, and when we get into our preview and we talk about this week coming up, it's the Conference USA West Division Championship game this weekend. There is no other team other than UAB or UTSA that can win the West, so we'll leave it there. Uh, with you with UTSA 6-0 and UAB 5-1. But the East Division is where it gets interesting. Western Kentucky's at the top 5-1. Marshall is in second at 4-2. And, and how about this log jam at third place? FAU, Charlotte, Old Dominion, Middle Tennessee State, all 3-3. Three and three, Then the Lonely Panthers at 0-6. Well, so then the submarine. Who, They're enjoying their ride. Yeah, yeah. Who thought there would be this many teams vying for the East Division in Conference USA? Because keep in mind, all six of these teams I just mentioned there are top, can can still win the conference because if Western Kentucky loses out and Marshall loses this weekend to Charlotte, every team would still have three losses. Now some of these teams will play each other and beat each other up, but at this very moment, there are six teams still left in the East Division to win this side and maybe face UTSA or UAB. No one would have thought this because we thought maybe Middle was out of the way, Old Dominion was out of the way, but those two teams playing some good football. FAU and Charlotte have leveled out a little bit, but We've got a log jam here, boys. Any team can win it. Yeah, and I think that that makes it exciting the next couple of weeks, guys. And I, and I, you know, I'll go back to what I thought in September. I kind of thought it was going to be Western FAU at the top of the division by this point. I kind of thought Marshall, with the first year coach in Charles Huff, and you know he's already rumored Huff. In the Washington Post had a nice article about Huff the other day, going maybe going being poached, but that's beside the point. You talk. I thought it was going to be Western and, and FAU. At this point, I kind of thought Marshall would kind of sit around a third. Charlotte had a chance. I thought Old Dominion was going to be at the bottom with FIU in middle at the bottom as well. I, I'm surprised, but I think right now, I look at those teams that are 3-3. Three and three, I think they barely got a chance at 3-3 three and three teams. I'll be honest with you. It's... And again, we get that at that point you get into the tiebreakers, but just being there and no, being I mean, five and three, who knows? Because like for instance, when we get into it, Old Dominion plays middle, so one of those two teams is definitely not going to be in the race. So we'll depending elim- on who we'll, wins on that, we'll have an elimination game so, this week. Yeah, and then Marshall plays Charlotte, so if Charlotte loses, that's another team out. Um, but if Marshall loses, FAU Western, or- FAU loses, they could be done. So there's going to be teams that get knocked around here, but just heading into this Week 12, there are so many college football, there's so many Conference USA East Division teams here that can still find a way to get to the top. But obviously Western Kentucky at five and one, and Marshall at, and Marshall and, at four and two, they both have one goal. Both teams, if they win out, will play in the Conference USA Championship game. Marshall wins out, well, they're in. Week, well, Western wins from- out, they're in. Well, two weeks from now, it might be setting up to be the Conference USA Championship. Yep, two James games. Edwards Stadium. Yep, two days after Thanksgiving, it could be the Conference USA East Division Championship. Pending those, those two teams win this week. Actually, it doesn't even matter if Western wins. If Marshall wins, it will be. It okay. will be. Do you have thoughts on this? Any thoughts before we continue? Well, I mean, if, if Western goes out and beats FAU, wouldn't that... And then if, if Marshall loses to Charlotte, wouldn't that essentially clinch yeah. them to the, yeah. the division? Correct. Marshall, if, a Mar- if Marshall loses and Western wins, Western Kentucky wins the East. I think that's And we already know, we'd already know the championship game because UTSA UAB winner is going to win it, presuming UAB would not lose the week after. Right. Yeah. That's the only if there. But, I mean, it, it's certainly possible that Western could clinch it this weekend. I mean, because yeah, FAU's I, I, been I, on a bit I of a slide, that. and, uh, you know, Charlotte at home – has really been a force to be reckoned with. So, I mean, they beat a Power 5 team at home. So, I mean, you know, who yeah. knows? Uh, and that student section, that, that student section is electric. They, they had a good time at Jerry Richardson Stadium. Andrew and I were watching that Duke game. Oh, yeah. They, that they that house was packed. And it, it should be, it, it'll probably be packed this weekend. All right. Want to take a break? No, no breaks. Oh, no we're break. going all uh, the way through. All right. Here. We're going all the way through. All right. We're going all the way through. We got 20 minutes and. We're not cutting our. We've been cut short too many other weeks. I agree. Let's go. So uh, well, Friday action. Oh, we got to do bullseye. We got. We got. We gotta, we gotta, I always forget. We got to do I the birthday forget. edition of the bullseye. Ben's how birthday could you, bullseye. Yeah, how could you go forget for on my it. on my birthday? Go for on it. On my birthday, you almost. He's got a wreck game tonight, and he's excited about going to Purdue on Monday. He's getting ready go to leave. <laughs> you know. Okay, here's the bullseye. My birthday bullseye. Gonna go with the Bulldogs. ODU. 
I like ODU. They're the Monarchs, by the way. Oh, the Monarchs, not the Bulldogs. Why do I, why do I keep on thinking they're the Bulldogs? I'm stupid. Uh, ODU. Is it because they have the well, crowd for, on their, their head? I don't know. Uh, you're, you're good. Don't worry. ODU. The Monarchs. The Monarchs. I'm going with the Monarchs over Middle Tennessee. The line's four points. Uh, shockingly, ODU's not favored to win this game. In the betting, at least, like I don't know why, but ODU I think is going to win this game. Uh, again, the line's four points. Bet the over. I'm surprised that ODU's not favored to win this game, uh, considering their last two performances. I mean, ODU over Middle Tennessee. Zimmer, your winner. All right, we can do back to the Zimmer winner. I like this. We've um, been doing it the past few weeks. We have been doing it. It's odd because I don't have the theme this year. The thing yeah, so. I mean, when you move away from the glass, you can't operate there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we well. can always send you back, though. <laughs> <laughs> we can shove you back in here. We'll trade. We'll trade spaces. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we go to the simulcast, we'll see. Are we? That's for another day. What's your winner? Another show. I'm gonna go a UTSA favorite by four and a half. Actually, this is our game. We never mind. Won't do that. You can do it, whatever, whatever you want. All right. What's your winner? What's your winner? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to change it. Marshall favored by 14 and a half here. I'm gonna, I disagree with that. So you think Charlotte covers? I think Charlotte that. covers because we're talking about how good Charlotte is at home. Yeah, that's a large number. Yeah, 14? Yeah, that is a lot. I, I changed that in the moment because I was like, here's what I'm concerned about with Marshall. It's Wells. He had the, he had, he's had two game, the two chances he's had a game-winning drive. He's, turned it, he's had an interception. He didn't play well the next week. Well, yeah. It's more more importantly, it's Wells coming off of a iffy performance. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Charlotte to cover, and it may be a potential upset. Maybe for my pick a little later on. Okay. Oh, you're keeping the pick. Oh, okay. Thanks. But all right. All right. Gotta, gotta, uh, keep, gotta keep you engaged. Before we make our <laughs> picks, Ben, oh, where do record. we stand oh. record wise? So last week, me. last week we didn't have the records. We didn't ever read the records because it was all jumbled because yeah, you yeah. had to leave yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, all. Yeah. So after week eleven. This is now oh this boy. this is this week again. Andrew in the lead. A little more solid now, a little bit more oh, of a cushion. Good, good. Seventy five games right, fifteen wrong. What was our record last week? Uh He's what you mean two weeks that. ago? Yeah. Or, well last week. Or what games week. did you choose wrong? Okay, so everybody got WKU over Rice. Uh I was the only person who picked Louisiana Tech good pick. over Charlotte. Uh, we all, everybody got middle over FIU. Uh, everybody missed FAU, uh, or everybody missed ODU over FAU. Yeah. And we're sorry, Old Dominion. Uh, Andrew, you were the only person that picked North Texas over UTEP, and then we all got UTSA, obviously. So, so, so where does Zimmer and yourself stand? So I'm, I am right on your heels, Justin. I've oh. caught back up. I've clawed my way back in with good picks. I'm. Uh, I'm 72 and 20, and you're 73 and 19. Oh, I'm two Meanwhile, games ahead, Andrew. Never so mind. I'm, two games, I'm two games ahead. You no, Andrew. You're you're four ahead. Four oh, jeez. Nice. Nice. You're, you're at hey, 77. Hey, listen, Justin, we've got two more weeks left. We've got well, two more weeks, well, left. and well, then we well, got bowl games. Bowl games. So count if two, so. Andrew really, he you really could choke this. There's yeah. There's but I doubt we, it's we going to happen. We got bowl season coming up. Are you bowling? Yeah. Best bowling time of the season. year. Capital One Bowl season. There we right. go. Let's get into Whoops. it then. Let's go Southern Miss La Tech. Friday night football at Louisiana Tech in Ruston. I'll take the Bulldogs. I think Louisiana Tech gets it done. Southern Miss um, had a good week. Had a good week against UTSA. We, we talked about that a little bit earlier. But I think Louisiana Tech offensively has found the rhythm. They're going to be at home. Winners of back – or winners of – uh, just this past week against Charlotte, but they've put together two really good performances and losses to Old Dominion and UAB. LaTex found its footing a little bit. I'll take the Bulldogs here by a couple of scores. I'm actually glad we actually get more time now to talk about these games. Correct. As, as we get into this. Uh, I'm going to go LaTex as well. I, I think last week you talked about Austin Kendall not starting. LaTex back came in. I thought he had a very good performance, 21 for 27. They got a very good foundation, but also Marcus Williams. He had a great game a week ago. I expect him to build off of that. So I'm going to go with the Bulldogs in this game. Oh, uh, well, sorry, I was talking with. Uh, I'm picking Louisiana Tech. Yeah, uh, so I like. Us Bulldogs. I mean, everybody. And this is the Bulldogs. Like, okay, now that now Oof. we're on the right page. We're these are the Bulldogs. I like Louisiana Tech, but I'm intrigued by this game because I'm interested to see if. Oh, if yeah. Southern Miss brings that offense back, where it's so unorthodox and it's wonky and wacky and 
You know, Louisiana Tech's been all over the place this year, and I'm just interested to see if, if Will Holbrook's back. So if give me wi- give me Louisiana Tech, but I'm intrigued. If there's Wi-Fi on the planet, I might watch this game, unless I'm sound asleep, which could happen. All right, let's go to let's go to what could be a very if for Western Kentucky, if Marshall loses, could be the clinching game. Willie Taggart facing his alma mater, the West Kentucky Hilltoppers in West in Kentucky. We're gonna start off with the birthday boy this time. Ben, what do you think? Give me Western Kentucky. I like I like Western in this game over FAU. I think it's gonna be close, but Western has just been on such a tear lately, and their offense is just steamrolling. And FAU is on a bit on a bit of a slide, and it's away. Uh, I like the Hilltoppers in this one. Uh, FAU really is not giving me a reason as to why they should be picked over the best team in the East. So in in Conference USA, so give me the give me the Hilltoppers on this one. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, you go. Uh, FAU offensively has not shown much these past few weeks. Over the season, they're averaging about twenty-seven a night, but the past two games, sixteen points and thirteen points. So a combined twenty-nine in these past two weeks. They just have not done enough passing-wise, running-wise, and that's not. To, that's not a knock to Nikosi Perry. That's kind of a knock to some of the guys around him that have not performed at the other level they're capable of. And, well, when you go up against a good offense, you have to have a good offense to compete with it or have an electric defense. And I don't think FAU has either. I think Western Kentucky, their offense, 41 points per game. The defense has forced 10 turnovers the past two games against Rice in Middle Tennessee State. So the defense is playing much better. Going up against an FAU offense that struggled, what's that mean? It means Western Kentucky is going to win this football game at home and get the victory and prove to 7-4. and four. Yeah, I'll say this. I think Nikosi Perry, he started off the season tremendously. He's kind of gone on a downhill spiral the last couple weeks. So I think for Bailey Zappi and, and Jareth Stearns, they're, they're, they're having a phenomenal year. I think they're going to continue it. I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers, and I think this division, I think this game could be the clincher for Western. Could be. And Andrew, I just want to make, I just want to make sure you, you chose Western. FAU. You chose Western. Yep. Okay, all so all three of us chose Western. Western. Yep. So Let's congratulations, go. FAU. <laughs> There's an article actually on that, but when chose picking animus, so it's more likely going to be the other two. Interesting. I mean, that did happen last week. We all know. chose, yeah. and it was it in happen. the FAU game. We all chose FAU, and then the other team won. Maybe it's reversed. This Maybe week. it's reversed. Old Dominion at middle. This was uh, Ben's Bulldog Bullseye Bull- birthday. <laughs> birthday. We got J- Ben's pick of Old Dominion. Justin, your thoughts on this. This was an intriguing matchup here. Two yeah, teams that have played some good football. Yeah, it is week. intriguing. And, and uh, Here's my thing with Middle Tennessee. They played, they played, their, they played their best game last week. But Old Dominion's has Old Dominion has had a lot of grit. But I'm looking at Old Dominion's schedule. They've not won two games in a row yet. Let me actually they've let me three. Th- they're on. They've won three in a row. Oh, they've won three. Never mind. Some other team has not won two in a row. This is tough. Middle t- Middle Tennessee. I think with if Cunningham goes, it, it, it's a win. But I'm gonna go with the Monarchs. I think the rookie. Ricky Ronnie has done a tremendous job. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Old Dominion here. It's tough. This is a tough game to pick. Yeah, this is this is a good because they're both they're they're both hitting their stride very late in the season. And and what makes this tough to pick too is because when you look at this these two teams statistically, they're dead even. They are so similar. 26 points a night for Old Dominion, 31 for Middle. It's a little bit different. 28 defensively from Old Dominion, 27 from Middle. Both offenses right around 380 to 350 in terms of yards per game. Both defenses right around the same mark. So neither team, I don't think, really has an edge. But I like Middle at home. Being at home, the Blue Raiders are going to have a better feeling about this coming off the big victory against FIU. It's senior day. It's an opportunity for the Blue Raiders to become bowl eligible here at 6-5 and and continue to play good football. I don't really think it matters who's at quarterback because Vontiato last week was excellent in in managing the football game. But Vontiato, they could have put him in because they knew it was FIU. Could You go out there to win the game anyway. You're not just going to bench Chase Cunningham because of your opponent. Uh, But I think Middle is playing good football. They're going to run the ball well enough against Old Dominion, and being at home makes a difference. Give me the Blue Raiders. All right, let's go to Rice and UTEP. Rice is, UTEP's on a little bit of a tumble. Rice also kind of tumbling a, along. 
I'll start it off here. I'm going to go with Rice. I think UTEP, I think they've kind of lost motivation this season. I think they kind of, they got off to this great start, and then they started losing, and I think now they don't know really how to pick themselves back up. And I think you're kind of seeing that. I think that's going to continue this week. So give me Rice. I don't know. I, I like I like UTEP in this one because I don't think the slide is going to take – I don't think they're just going to keep sliding, you know, because they had such a tremendous start to the season, as you mentioned, Justin, and, you know, that loss to UTSA. And they kind of, you know, bucked the trend a little bit there where usually teams that play UTSA have a, a really good bounce back, and the Miners didn't. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that's delayed by a week. Uh where it didn't happen last week, so it's going to happen this week. I like the Miners in this matchup. Uh, although, I mean, Rice... But can, also next week they're at UAB as well. I don't know if they're going to win that game, yeah. but uh, for now, I for now I like UTEP in this game over Rice. I think they're going to bounce back. Andrew? Yeah, I, I like UTEP as well, and they have not... Well, the last home game this team played was UTSA. That was a tough game to win. They have not been at home during this skid. They've played to go on the road to North Texas, on the road to FAU, and they fought hard in both of those games. Both those losses on the road are three-point losses. So UTEP's not playing bad football. They're just running into some solid teams, playing some solid football, and having to go on the road. I think being back at home against a race team that is dangerous, but has lost three in a row now and has just not been able to get over the hump in some of these close football games I think the Miners get the job done here at home. Good quarterback. I think Hardison has a good day. The ground game's effective for the Miners and the victory. Let's get to the 7 o'clock game. This is North Texas versus the lame duck Butch Davis. As a, If you were not listening earlier on, Butch Davis, he's out at year's end. I'm going to start it off here. I think FIU is going to be more motivated this week because I think whenever you know your coach is out of a job, Ben's already disagreed with me on this, it, Andrew, you disagree with me too? Yep, you're salting away your wait, chances of second place. Wait, that doesn't mean I'm about picking FIU. I'm gonna go to North Texas. No, you you changed his. No, you changed his. No, that was my no, key was to gonna, tie gonna, it all up, Andrew. I was gonna go with North Texas. Anyway. You just had well, to you convince him. Well, you set it up him. as if you thought FIU was gonna steal one you here. You just I, had to convince him. It, it's called it's called making a tease for the listener. I'm uh. not meant talking much about this one. I'll take North Texas. Half another step to the bowl eligibility. They're gonna be more motivated than FIU. I think they're play. They're, they're gonna play strong for like a quarter, and then they'll back out to the Mean Green. I I can't even believe I chose FIU earlier this season to win a game. It's just they won one. All right, we're not spending much time. They're on not now. I don't. Three picks picking. for North Texas there. <laughs> yeah, on the road though. So who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> Marshall well, I don't and know. Charlotte. This is a big one in the East Division. Is Marshall. this our East game of the week? Yeah, it's just we just only have one game of the week at this point. We well, only did that one we, week we, because it was a big. Well, week. We've been advertising this game, the game of the week, since we've advertised this the, the real game of the week for a while. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. been for a month. But Marshall Charlotte here. Six and four hurt, lost to UAB. Charlotte has just won one game in its past four, so losers of three of four. Um, and this Marshall defense has played good against the Charlotte offense that only consistent at times, but it's been good throughout most of the season. Ben, thoughts on this one? Well, first and foremost, just, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Zimmer is standing up in the studio. We don't know why, but he's he's on his feet. We're Something interesting, uh, something interesting is going to happen here. So after I make my point, you want to keep tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, but Marshall over Charlotte. I I I don't know. I really? Mean, Charlotte has been really wait, wait, strong wait, at home. Wait 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 wait. Hold hey, on. Who hey, do you like? Who wait. do you like? Marshall. Okay. Denver? Over Charlotte. Oh, hold well, on. You cut me off and not even get a little. No, go oh, ahead. I mean, go do, ahead. We, we do have about four minutes here. We got two games. Oh, That's more than enough time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We'll see. Well, listen. Go on though. It's not that hard. It's, uh, Marshall's going to win. Because, I don't know, Charlotte has been strong at home, but, I don't know, Marshall has a point to prove and they need to stay eligible because if, well, if Western wins... Eligible for the championship. Oh, okay. Ele- yeah, if Western wins, okay. which I think they are going to win, uh, Marshall has to win to stay in contention for the the East title, so... I think Marshall's going to have a point to prove, especially after the loss to UAB. I think they go to Charlotte and they win. Okay. I, do I get to crack the apple? I mean, when do you not? Okay. Um. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm concerned about Wells. Last time Wells had a game losing interception, it was it was it was before the App State game, and Marshall lost. 
we've talked about how good Charlotte's been all year. So, I'm going to go Charlotte here. I, I, I'm just concerned with Wells after another game-losing interception, just his overall psyche. Like, I think it's a legitimate concern if you if you watch Marshall. Like, Wells did not perform. He performed okay against Appalachian State, but not great. But just knowing the track record of what happened last year around this time when Marshall was in the championship, Wells didn't have a, Wells had a mistake. Well, I mean, it doesn't even Marshall is a a multifaceted offset. Oh, Offense where they're but also, but also completely the ground, dependent the ground, on Wells. But the ground attack was stopped last week. But I'm Charlotte isn't. Here. Charlotte hasn't been that phenomenal against the run. They've been okay, but I mean they're not. Uh, they're not gonna. Marshall's not shaking in their boots because yeah. oh no, we're gonna get stopped by Charlotte. So I think they're gonna. I think they, I, I, I'm gonna go Charlotte. Cause I think they're gonna be. I think Marshall's gonna be way too conservative on Saturday after last week. Charlotte's a fine football team and they play above that fine level at home. They beat Duke at home. Yes. They actually beat Marshall at home two years ago to ruin Marshall's chances at an East Division title that same season. So, remembering that, that was a rainy game. It was yucky. Marshall didn't Green have like, a Didn't I say Green have like a 17 passer rating that I don't day? know. I don't think it was that bad. But Marshall just like, didn't well. really do anything well offensively. Couldn't They ran it, but okay, but they fumbled a lot. Marshall gets the job done here, I think, at home. I think the conditions are going to be better. Marshall gets the big victory. They know what's at stake. And, yeah. and they're able to bounce back after the 75 game. All right, game of the week. We've got a few minutes here. UAB at UTSA, the West Division Championship game. Presuming UAB does not would not lose the week after to UTEP. If UAB would lose to UTEP following a win against UTSA, the Blazers would still win the West Division. But if they lost and UTSA won, Roadrunners would still win it. Thoughts on this game? Oh, I'll get to go first? Okay. Um... This game's very interesting. I think UTSA's been on they've been on a phenomenal run. Jeff Trailer has gone on a phenomenal run this year. Well worthy of the contract extension. I've saw you we also we, all three of us saw UAB in person last week with our own eyes. If UAB can I think UAB can ruin the game plan for UTSA. They stop Marshall's run. So I'm gonna go UTSA. How about this though? In overtime. Bold. This is going to be a very close game. These are two very good teams playing against each other. I think UTSA is going to give them sincere McCormick headaches. It's going to be a long day for Jeff Trailer. So I'm going to go UTSA by three points in overtime. So you're saying sincere McCormick is going to need some Tylenol? He's going to need. He's, he's going, going to. Need have a some, he's going to. He's going to get stopped. Some ibu, ibuprofen. I said, after this one. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a tough. Tough day, Ben. I mean, call me a stick in the mud, but I'm going with the ranked team on this one. UAB has been kind of flip-flopping well, I'm going with the ranked team, too. I know, but it's it's not the interesting pick. The interesting pick would be UAB. But we still have the Andrew. We still I, have Andrew. Well, I mean, Andrew's got a couple. He's he's got a lead to burn, so I mean, he could <laughs> he could make the interesting I'm pick, but anything. find out. Uh, but I'm going with UTSA in this one. The Roadrunners have been fantastic this year. They're still ranked. Uh, really, I don't see. Outside of maybe UAB having a miracle game, I I don't see why UAB would roll in there and beat the Roadrunners. I, I don't see it. So give me UTSA in this one. Southern Miss did what UAB did. UAB runs the football, keeps good opposing offenses off the field, controls the game, defense wins. Southern Miss doesn't have a good defense. The running attack wasn't that great, and they were tied with UTSA after three quarters last week. Now, maybe that's a sign for UTSA this week because they know what they're going into at home. I don't think that matters. Give me the UAB. UAB is good oh! at what they do. And that's not that's not a – I mean, the line's four. UTSA is 10-0. They're bound to lose at some point, and they haven't been in a situation like this in many years. They have not been in a situation where they're undefeated. Season's on the line right here. UAB's been in the conference championship game the last three years. They've won it two of the last three years. They're not going to go down like this. You think they're going to choke right at the end? After I don't think it's a choke. I think UAB is just just the better team here. We'll leave it at that. We'll podcast next week's edition of Inside Conference USA for Ben Cower, Justin Zimmer, I'm Andrew Rogers. Stay tuned. Sports Buzz is next.
Thank you for listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tune in again next Wednesday at 5.30 for another episode.